Uh, Jackal here. Uh, bit of a different kind of episode for Mammonberg. Uh, first thing to say, Josiah is uh, has gone AWOL on us. He left us uh, to deal with this. Like a typical white man, he has shirked his, <laughs> his community responsibilities. <laughs> I'm assuming he's like passed out in a ditch somewhere outside of the Des Moines metropolitan area. Yeah, he's uh, he drank two one more uh, one too many like old times and just like passed out. After yeah. a bender you, of silencing women. If you women. find him, yeah, no, he was too busy, like, uh, silencing women of minorities. Uh, <laughs> he, he got too lucrative online, so he started to do it in the greater Des Moines area. <laughs> uh, if you find him, check the tag that we tagged him with and so that you can send him back to us. But uh, Josiah wanted to be here, but he's not here. So <sighs> we got right. a pretty sad episode for you. Um, that's why there's no cold open. That's why we did have like a typical intro because of the nature of the topics that we're going to be going into today. We kind of feel that by their nature, it's not really appropriate to do <sighs> openings like that. So instead yeah, we're doing something the, like this. This is the Mammonberg depression core episode. Yeah. It's been a week. Um, so I'm Jackal. Uh, you know me. Um, I'm introducing the the show today. We got a, uh, we got Phil. Uh it's me, Phil. Oh boy, what an episode we have for us today. Uh do 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 do. Funny character intro. Bada bing, Italiano. Finch. <laughs> yeah. Hi guys. Uh, all right. Let's just get right into it. Yeah. Um, Finch, you want to introduce the first topic for today, which is like there, there's. If you're listening to this, there's there's the two big ones that we're going to be talking about. So you probably already know what it is, but for the sake of, I guess, professionalism, um, we're going to be talking about the Southern Baptist uh, sex abuse scandal. Sex abuse scandal, yes. Um, outside. Um, <clears throat> so we finally got an outside investigation released with the Southern um, on the Southern Baptist Church, which revealed. A shit ton of uh, very, very disturbing things. This was, I think, worse than uh, than I anticipated it to be. Let me see. Uh... If I'm not mistaken, they have like an entire library's worth of information in house about this kind of stuff. Yes, they did. They had a so a little bit of a little bit of context. Um, the the fact that there were the the fact that the Southern Baptist Church has sexual predators is not new. Uh, it's it's sort of been known, at least since 2019, probably known within the church a lot longer than that. The, the thing I found most uh, surprising and shocking about the uh, revelations that came out of this report were the fact that the <clears throat> Southern Baptist Church had a database of over 700 abusers, which was... The main thing that the victims had been asking for, 
uh, for years and years. They had that not to uh, help the victims or anything like that, uh, but to protect themselves. Now, should I just start from the beginning and uh, provide context as to why this is very important? Yeah, I think yeah. That, that's probably the best way to go. Like, All right. I, I presume <laughs> yeah. that a lot of people listening are at least somewhat aware, but they may not be aware of the full timeline. Well, I don't want to alarm the viewers of the show, though. You know, I don't want to alarm our listeners. But the SBC is a little bit of a problematic denomination they have regarding some... their history. Yes, Not to alarm uh... anybody, this is coming out of left field. The Southern Baptists have never done anything to make us think this, ever. Historically. It, yeah, it's not like there's a... Uh, it's not like the founding of the denomination has a particular... Uh, has a particular political slant to it from the get-go. But Finch... Would you like for us, uh, well, well <clears throat> uh, cut that out, Josiah. Finch, uh, would you like to introduce the timeline as it is, that, like as we know it? All right. Timeline as we know it is that a bombshell report was published by the Houston Chronicle uh, in 2019 uh, that, invo uh, <clears throat> that um, involved a sex abuse crisis within the Southern Baptist Church. And let me just... So... More than, uh, since 2008, this is what the initial report said, more than 250 people who worked or volunteered for the Southern Baptist Church were accused of sex crimes, with an additional 130 being accused since 1998. Uh, this was after six months of reviewing thousands of pages of court, prison, and police records, uh, in which the journalists of the Houston Chronicle were able to sort of they were sort of able to paint a portrait of this widespread abuse and institutional failure. Uh, victims were, unfortunately, primarily children and adolescents uh, that were preyed on by church leaders um, and raped by pastors. Uh, there was also sexual harassment of vulnerable women during that time. Uh, youth pastors preyed on minors. Um, very... Um, just very, very disturbing reports uh, in that or initial t 2019 report. And a bunch of people were asking, well, why did this happen? Why was there no accountability? Uh, so when I looked into this, when I did a lot of research on it, a lot of this was not only institutional failure, was not only just the culture of silence and like patriarchal structure and everything like that, that, you know, is found in the Southern Baptist Church. But the fact that they have an abysmal, abysmal record-keeping and uh, database system, basically. They have no sort of accountability systems going on. Um, so th there's sort of a difference between the Southern Baptist Church and the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, because, as we all know, the Roman Catholic Church has had its own scandals. Uh, but they're very different in structures. Um, the Roman Catholic Church is hierarchical, it's a singular entity with, like, a bunch of dioceses spread out, so the priest reports the bishop, the bishop reports the cardinal, the cardinal reports the pope. Very straightforward. The Southern Baptist Church, however, is a congregation that, or not a congregation, but a denomination that prides itself on individual autonomy. That's sort of a key facet of it. Uh, so there is a very big emphasis on church decentralization. And this, this really allows for gaps in accountability. So we have, uh, there's no set of universal regulations or, or standards to screen potential pastors and employee, 
each church just handles its own internal affairs. So you can have a church that has good vetting and or uh, and ordaining or standards to ordain pastors, and then you have one that will just take any old Joe off the street who can talk good. Excuse me, sir. Uh, I have my pastor qualifications right here. Uh, I went to se seminary, and they're like, "What? What? Yeah. Who are you? You're hired, buddy. You make a good case." He's just like, "Haha, Jesus was racist," and they're like, "Fuck yeah, that's our guy. He's the one." You, you yeah, asked but this, 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 yeah, but this method resulted in a lot of abusive pastors church hopping from one congregation to another after being fired or like having complaints come in about them. And then, like, the members of the new church would have no idea that this guy was a predator, right? And then this guy was free to abuse, like, like whoever he wanted, because nobody knew. There was Give no the way- Give him old do the same thing yeah. at every church he stops by, you know, just a get-in, get-out, schmoitzer yeah. kind of guy. And I'm not saying- and, like, legal records are not impossible- to, they are preserved within the Southern Baptist Church. There's plenty of monetary transactions, insurance properties, property deeds, insurance policies, property deeds, mortgages, but uh, not not so much for allegation or conviction records within the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, there is no sex abuse. Uh, there is no sort of database to track abusive pastors. So since 2008. Uh, Victims of the Southern Baptist Convention have repeatedly, repeatedly begged the, the executive committee of the, um, of the Southern Baptist Convention to establish a database of abu abusive pastors and um, church leaders, right? We're following. The, Southern, the, um, the executive committee says, no, we can't do that, and they keep citing church autonomy for that reason. They're like, we're not centralized. We're not, uh, we, can, we can't manage this. We can't do this. You know, disregarding the fact that a ton of Southern Baptist churches work together for fundraising events and missionary trips. It, it's very much a, a, a perfect storm. You have non-existent record-keeping processes, no central database for abusers. What they, they put in place previously was abysmal. Um, I, uh, I've gone through their sort of uh, main homepage, and there is a section on abuse... And instead of giving any sort of database or anything like that, uh, there was just a link to the National Sex Offender Registry, which is a terrible way of going about it. If only that because a really, that's a really bad way to to uh, to advertise your, uh, not even advertise, like to put like. I feel that if you're gonna put like a, have a section of your website about abuse and just putting the is he called it yourself or look it up yourself is not a really not, that's not a great way to go about it. Yeah, no, and like the sex abuse, the sex offender registry. So if like let's say that like this pastor, uh, an abusive pastor's name is like Jim Johnson or something, you you put that into the sex uh, offender registry, and that's every every sex offender in the United States. Then you'll probably get like like maybe. 5, 10, 15 um, results of that name. Jim Johnson. And it might not be the pastor that you're looking for, right? It might not, they might, might not be on the first page. So that's just cumbersome for churches to look through. Mm. So internal record keeping would be better, but they also just don't have an internal record keeping system, which well, is how they saw, get away with this stuff. 
Yeah. Or at least well, that, they, they have a very loose record-keeping system. Mm -hmm. Well, so we thought. So the record-keeping... So what we found out from the uh, external investigation that went on... Uh, let me see. I forget the name of the company that did it. But So there, were, there was an outside auditor that came in and looked through all the, uh, all the executive committee's records and stuff like that. And guess what they had, gentlemen? Oh no. They had a database. Oh no. Oh, no. Uh, 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 yeah. yeah, that's that's what I would guess. I I kind from the get-go when it was first announced that they didn't have any like they didn't have a central record I I kind of thought, yeah, that's not true. Guys, yeah. listen. We don't have any records about this kind of stuff. We don't know who these people are. They're not even pastors. I'm pretty sure they're just like you know, carpenters are like dudes who came off the street wearing plain clothes. We, we, we don't, we, we, we've never met these guys before. But who, who even pays the money? Yeah. That's, the, I, like, I, that, I, that's, I, I had, the moment that they said, like, that they didn't, that they're, well, not that they said, but that, that there wasn't, like, a central record keeping, that's impossible for the, conve like, the, the convention as a whole. Because they do have, like, despite the fact that the Southern Baptist, uh, the Southern Baptist as a denomination is congregationalist, the Southern Baptist Convention, and also, you know, it's democratically elected, by nature of the fact that they have a convention, they're going to have to have some kind of record keeping system for, like, for those elections. Any, like, just because making your your like your polity less linear and more like uh democratic doesn't eliminate like the need for like a for for like centralized record keeping to make things easier so yeah. that was a like that is a that just wasn't true and that I was a, some sort of equivalent of a diocese almost they have some sort of network or right, what you would but... call a diocese but the the amount of evil I think it takes to just make this sort of record system, you know that people are acting uh, asking for it, right? And you you keep going, no, no, we can't do it, we can't do it, and then to have it, not to protect your your congregants, but to protect yourself from lawsuit, because it's the same thing that happened in the Catholic Church. They all knew, and they decided yeah. to they they decided to cover it up and shift around pastors. Or let pastors church hop. Yeah, that was uh, it, it was something that there that before uh, that spotlight article of two thousand two came out um, mm. that Finch talks about in her uh, in in her Substack that you all should go read. Um, I've been reading it as uh, as we've been going along. Um, yeah, it's been subbed and it's been stacked. Well, this is like I mean, that. Like this was some, something that like lying like the fact that these records do exist because they have to you have to make records of this but it is not it is never to protect like victims or to protect congregants from the danger that these people represent it's not it's to make sure that all right well let's make sure that we can cover our butts because this is a liability issue it is never about protecting people and it never has been um yeah, I think that yeah. that's something that you can that there's a that's a commonality between like the Southern Baptist Convention and the Catholic Church is that there's there's an I think that I think that it's just coming out now with the Southern Baptist that this is a problem and I'm I'm pretty sure that this is going to be an issue now for other denominations as well. I think so too. Like I don't know if maybe you know when if if and when ever the mainline in the American Orthodox Church. I mean, like God. 
like what are what are these what are these denominations hiding are they hiding it if they're hiding anything but like here's the thing jackal is that this is just this is not just limited to religious institutions this is a pattern of people knowing and hiding it you see this in secular institutions too you see this in higher education uh so you have in in, in higher education like larry nasser uh, michigan state university even the university of michigan scandal that just happened with uh dr anderson you had people who knew and they they actively covered it up they'd actively silence victims uh same thing of course in hollywood we all know about that i mean like that's been sort of hollywood's been sort of uh you know subject to pedophile jokes as of late but that's the same thing you have people in power who know about these predators who are victimizing vulnerable people and hide it and they bully the victims into si silence and they have and they have the records and stuff and, and they know it happens but it's but they don't utilize they, they don't come clean they don't utilize any sort of um record or any sort of accountability structure they they they're just i'm sorry this is making me very mad but they utilize their resources to protect themselves you see this over and over again i don't know how, how I can't even say I don't know how this keeps happening, because I do, because this is the same thing. Unregulated power structures that rely some degree of trust that you put, that you need to, that, that is required from you, people are going, or, or criminals are going to take advantage of that. Like, I, 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 I understand that there is a big thing now about patriarchal theology and, you know, for the Catholic Church, clerical, clerical celibacy, and you know all these other things, and yes, well, I, and yes, you know maybe some of those, in some cases, those are factors. But I think what is really missing from a lot of the discourse right now is the fact that a lot of these systems are just completely, completely irregulated. Every sort of regulation and accountability is done internally in these institutions, whether. Instead of, you know, having an external source come in and do investigations and say, hey, something's wrong here. Because in internal, internal investigations usually don't work. It's all about protecting themselves, protecting the institution. That, so that's why you need to have in these institutions systems of checks and balances. So that people, vulnerable people, young people, women, children, are not victimized on this level. It just makes me so angry that people don't realize this. Well, Fitch, I think they do. It's that they know, at least for those that are in charge, I think that they're they're fully aware. I don't think it's a matter of not knowing. It's that they don't want to. Well, yeah. Be because like it's a threat. It's a it's a threat to the power structure. Any kind of like this this like any kind of outside. Uh, Anything outside that can sort of hold them to task is viewed as a threat. Um, I, I'm reminded of uh, there's a, a there was a story that came up um, with the the Jim Jones cult. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, there was uh, there was a, a case of a a child uh, molester had had joined um, the the congregation and had molested a child. Right. Right. And so their solution to it, rather than get anything, anyone outside involved, where, well, like, if we get someone else inside, out, like, someone outside involved in this, they might, like, look at the other dirty laundry that we have here. So let's just handle this, like, let's just handle this internally. We'll just handle this ourselves. 
So that's also a, mo- a motivation. So you don't want other people looking, you know, other people like looking at like, if they look at this, well, what else are they going to find? Right, exactly. Um, there's going to be other stuff that comes out of, of uh, the proverbial. There are probably quite a number of other skeletons in the proverbial closet that you don't really want found. Um, and because of that, you're going to hide it. And also it benefits you because you probably are a person who has victimized someone else if you are in that power. Like if you are at the top of that power structure, odds are you have victimized someone else, probably. Maybe you have it. Maybe you're one of the uh, one of the, uh, the ones that you've never done that. You've just got there um, through like through completely like non-malicious means that does happen but you also have to be realistic that a lot of people in power in multiple positions of power throughout religious educational um entertainment media yada yada a lot of those people are in power because they aren't particularly nice people to get there no i think that's that's an exactly valid point juggle well, that's what I was going to say, that I, I always try to stress when people talk about this stuff that it is not, it's not something that is, you know, unique to religious institutions, because people try to act like, oh, pff, your religion must just have an internal problem in its theology that uh, just makes so many sexual abusers, and I think that's reductive and not really fair because it's a systemic problem in our society. It extends to all of our institutions, regardless of what they are. And I just, uh, I don't know, I just think it's, I think it's really unfair and disingenuous, because I've had conversations kind of with, like, tight-ass, like, sanctimonious liberals about it, where they're just like, this is just a you problem, man, you know, maybe, maybe if you didn't believe in a patriarchal god, you wouldn't have so many sex problems, and I'm like, well, that's also, like, a huge reduction, but, you know, it's, it's legitimately frustrating, because when you even bring this up to people, uh, you know, they won't account for the fact that this is a a widespread systemic problem. Uh, the film industry is racked with this shit, as we all know. It, you know, it's not... Secular institutions are embroiled in this, and it's not... It's not fair, because we know better. We know better about, like, how our religion should be practiced, and how these people should be held accountable. Not only accountable for their actions, but... To the highest extent we can hold people accountable, they should be held accountable. But, you know, it's it's like Ted Cruz and all these, like, sanctimonious conservatives, which, with what we'll be talking about in a bit, with mass shootings, it's this idea that, like, you know, we'll we'll handle it. It's, it's gonna be okay, guys. You know, there's nothing we can do about it. Might as well just pray. And it's like, you know, you your guys' hands are so stained with blood, God can't hear you. They know they can get away with it. And it's it's a tale as old as time. People will always misuse their power in these kind of... And it's, it's I think, more of our anarchist-leaning show when we talk about positions of power. Because not only is it corrupting, but it's also just people don't know how to hold themselves. And I think partially capitalist incentives. Not that this is a uniquely capitalist problem, but... Capitalist and power-based incentives make it so that for every good priest, there's going to be an equivalent person who uh, pursues a position of power not to shepherd his people, not to be the least among them who really just wants them to be spiritually healthy and religiously safe and have a community. He wants to take advantage of them. 
Because that's he knows that just as much as these institutions have capacity for good, they have capacity for great evil, if done by the wrong person. I just, I wish that there was more outrage about this. I mean, like, like widespread coverage. Because, like, culturally, I think they've gotten away with it. Because, like, this was, like, I think a, a major news story for about two days before what we're, what else we're going to be talking about happened. Well, it's also, there's this, there's this sanctimoniousness. But, like, the but, no, 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 Phil, let me finish. Because, like, the thing is, is that the Southern Baptist Church is a strong arm of the Republican Party. Like, they're the ones that are fueling a lot of these conservative evangelical pro- projects. Alright, you're not gonna see, like, a fucking parody of them on fucking Family Guy anytime soon, right? Like, I, I, I do think that there is going to need to be, like, more awareness of this in, like, the public sphere and maybe more external pressure because the internal pressure, I think up until now, because I believe that they've finally released all the abu- the list of all the abusers, but it's taken them so long to, you know? I don't know if I'm making sense, but I... No, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's... This has been a long time coming, and at any point in the process, because this doesn't just start overnight. Mm. At any point during the process, somebody could have said something, but nobody did. Until now. And now we're here. And that's revolting in a lot of ways. And there's nothing... I just wish that more people knew about this particular case. Because I told and you, I, this got very... Satan is protecting the Southern Baptist Church, I think. I genuinely believe that. I, I would agree. I really think that these people, they found a place that is not only... Because obviously every church has their, has their own moral limits. And no church is perfect. But all denominations have different degrees of moral limits. And the SBC has one of the biggest moral limits like they they won't stop short of like a lot of things they're monstrous in their formation they know what they were formed as a result of and to be honest it's just when you really think about it they've been doing this ever since the beginning i mean when you have a denomination built off of slavery apologia uh, how are you going to turn that into something good? Because that's not all denominations are built on stuff like that. I would say very few are, if any. But <sighs> yeah. they're a unique denomination in that they, their founding principle is well, fundamentally no, well, 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 evil. Well, I mean, like, that's not what, what I'm saying is, is that this story was overshadowed. Very I know quickly. what you're saying, though. Because, you know, people either A, want to sweep it under the rug, or B, I think there's a societal resignation to, like, Oh, you know, those Christians always doing the bad shit, you know, just kind of like throwing your hands up and it's like, oh, geez, we can't trust. I'm not sure that that's really that big of a factor, because I think I I know we rag on it, but culturally, Christianity is like the like a big cultural element that people. So I don't I think not to I agree with your point to to a point, Phil, but I I think it's the opposite. I think think it's there's so much like evangelical Protestant hegemony. People are more willing to ignore this. I mean, like the That's a good point, Finch. You've got it to the point where you've got like some uh, like Puritan like pseudo Puritan purity culture stuff emerging in other groups. Like the same thing that you like that you had uh that you had uh like these other like uh like the moral majority, quote unquote, and those other like uh basically you have like pseudo 
quote unquote woke if we're using that term, which I, I don't want to use in this case, but that's yeah. the, 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 the wokes. The the, the quote unquote wokes um that uh are using like uh they're using like pseudo puritanical uh arguments that I saw like Pat Robertson repeat. Like this stuff is in the culture, whether we want it or not, and we obviously, obviously here we don't like it. Um, we think that it's bad, but I think that it's we can't overestimate that that is kind of like the mainstream culture in the United States. In other countries, like let's say like in other countries like in Europe, n- no, but here in the United States, yes, and we're importing that kind of worldview. Yeah, that's true. I would agree with that. I, I guess my. There is a certain kind of person who already, I guess like like Finch was alluding to earlier, the Seth McFarlands that are so vitriolic already that this doesn't even affect them. They, they, they well, don't also, get like, what, what's, like, on one hand, Seth McFarlane is not, I, I would uh, I would say he's not the, the epitome of American satirism. Uh, I would, he's I not would the say. epitome of American satirism. I, I would say that that's not the case. Two... I, I think that part of it, I think, was that the, oh, like, he's also, like, a, well, he was also part of, like, the, that wave of, like, new atheists in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Lois, hey, hey Lois, what, what if we cover up a, a, an abuse scandal? Lois. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> Just awkward silence proceeds from that. Uh, hey, Lois, let's use uh, powers of religious systems to get away with shit. <laughs> Lois. You're not, you're not going to have, yeah. Seth McFarlane's not going to do that because, on one hand, it's not, I think it requires a certain level of tact and a certain Seth level McFarlane, of like. Seth McFarlane, I challenge you to make a character named Pastor Joel Molestine. Oh, God. We have to, <laughs> like, we talked about uh, Pastor uh, Molestine. Uh, they, they call him Jeff, Pastor Jeff Molestine. <laughs> Hello, folks. Coming down to... Listen, fellas, uh, if you see something under your seat, uh, it, it, it might look like a like a silicon hand. It's because I'm employing Roger Corman special effects during the praising sessions. Just uh, make sure you don't look under your seats and you don't see me slithering around like a snake under there with no bones, because I ain't got no bones, right? Sounds oh like a Rick God. and Morty bit. Jesus Christ. Uh, I got I no bones that, and I'm under the seats. You know, of of like the like uh the American uh like adult cartoons that would cover. I think that Rick and Morty might actually do something. Rick and Morty could that, they actually could do something. Richard, they're a little the writing for that is is smarter than Family Guy, so I'm willing to give them the benefit. They like uh going for Richard and Mortal. It, it's kind of like how um it's very easy to like make. Uh, all right, we're. This is going to be a slight diversion. We're going to use this to to do to sort of like. Actually, is there anything else you want to wrap up, Fitch, before I go go to a little uh, sort of slight diversion? No, I everything I was going to say is uh, no. I, I I think that like now the Southern Baptist Convention needs to be just knocked down a few pegs. Uh, I think they need to actually listen to the victims establish a database, have a council of outside auditors, maybe people who are experienced, trained in trauma, in response, um, in responding to these sex, uh, sex scandals, uh, an anonymous hotline, 
because that was another thing they fucked up with, was making a hotline but saying, nope, you have to use your name and your address. Oh, uh, what, you're afraid that, uh, you're afraid that, like, you're gonna get repercussions from that? Oh, too bad. So, anonymous hotline, uh, which I think they did establish, uh, but yeah, no, they, they, they are, uh, this, this is very bad, uh, they need to actually listen to their congregants. And, uh, fuck the executive committee. But, uh, yep. what I was gonna say, when, when Finch was like, uh, the SBC needs to be knocked down a few pegs, I was like, you could've just stopped that knockdown. Just completely <laughs> d destroy them. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I don't think that the Southern Baptist should exist. That, that's my, uh, I'm that's a my Southern position. Baptist abolitionist, baby. Mm. Yeah, uh, the only kind of abolitionist, the, uh, the other kind of abolitionist that the Southern Baptists don't like. <laughs> Well, to you, uh, conclude with I, I the think, Southern right, Baptist right, like, joke, I, I we think, gotta uh, keep going. We gotta uh, one one last thing, then diversion, then we'll uh, we'll we'll get to the the other depressing topic. Um, there's three cats of people you should allow near a Southern Baptist church. One is uh, a black person. Second right. is a woman, and third is a child. <laughs> God, I was gonna okay. say uh, uh, the only on to the story. On no, to the I next story. Say an SBC joke. Oh, I have to fine. do one. Let it out. Let it fine, out. I was fine. Say, get uh, it. Get it out. You cannot make only... any jokes about the second one. I was about to say uh, the only kind of shame that uh, Southern Baptists experience is uh, when they're looking at uh, li like price store, like price tags in the liquor store. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh god. Okay, that that's a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 that that also like uh well they used to like to do it when they went to to, to slave auctions but you know they the the uh the northern aggression stopped that oh no <laughs> oh no all right now on on to the next story a new report documents in devastating detail how the past leadership of the southern baptist convention ignored sexual abuse allegations for the better part of two decades sometimes silenced or tried to discredit accusers. According to the report, they kept a secret running list of accused Baptist ministers to avoid being sued, even as the committee publicly claimed it didn't have the authority to create such a list. For joining us now to discuss the report is Dr. Russell Moore. Well, I mean that there were many people who said to us in previous years, this really isn't a crisis, this is just a, a few bad actors. And when we look at this report, crisis is too small of a word. Jackal, you want to go? Yeah, yeah, let me talk about this. Um, okay, alright. So, we had another mass shooting. Now, that might feel, you know, pretty typical. If you're, if you're the United States, like, I, I, I wonder if this is the case with, uh, with, I, actually, I would like to hear this response from people who listen to this episode. Um, especially if you're on the younger side like me. Um, are, are you kind of numbed by uh, by mass shootings uh, at this point? I kind of feel that there's something in my brain that's just kind of become used to it and expects it. And that's not uh, healthy. That obviously is not no. healthy. Um, like, I remember during high school, like, I was basically, like, by high school, I was just sort of so numb by the idea that, yeah, they're, who knows? My school have a, might, might have a mass shooting. Who knows? If it does, I hope I live. God. Which is obviously not that... a healthy mindset to have. No. Yeah. Not I at mean, all. there was uh, 
when I was uh, this past year, when I was still in university, they we had a mass shooting threat, in which everybody had to stay uh, in lockdown for a uh, for a day. And as somebody who lived close to Sandy Hook when that shooting happened, that brought back some very terrible memories. So, yeah, which we'll get into because of the nature of this mass shooting. There's similarities to Sandy Hook. Um, yeah. Okay, so. If you didn't know that this happened, one, I envy you. I kind of wish I didn't know that this happened, too. Uh, and I'm sorry for telling you this. Mm-hmm. However, on May 24th, 2022, 18-year-old... Uh, well, do we want to mention his name or do we want to not? Yeah, not I, I think name? we might as well. It's been out all over. True. Uh, it kind of seems that a lot of people, a lot of media uh, coverage kind of forgot the rule of don't like advertise the names of mass shooters. Right. Uh, 18-year-old uh, Salvador Ramos. Um, we'll try to use his name like as little as possible because I don't particularly want to say this right. waste of space his name. Um, but he he went into Rob Elementary High School in Uvalde, Texas, and shot 19 students and two teachers, wounding 17 others. He shot his grandmother in the forehead beforehand. I believe, since you have updates, uh, she was originally reported as dead, but uh, then it was reported that she was airlifted to a hospital and was in critical condition. Yep. I don't know what the updates are uh, there from there. The, the, but cut that yeah, that's what there. I read as well, to be honest. So I, I, I don't know. Corroborated, at yeah, least. like, I don't know what the updates are sort of there, but as of the recording right now, that's what we know. Uh, there wasn't a manifesto that was written. There wasn't any anything kind of written about it. Uh, like there, there, yeah. was, there was no, we still don't know a motive at this point. So this is still extremely early. And we'll get to some details about how the Uvalde Police Department particularly screwed this one up. Yep. What the the police screwing something up, Jackal? What, I know, right? I know. Uh, when have the police ever screwed anything up? It's just impossible. So, yeah, this is considered now the third worst mass shooting in America, uh, right after Virginia Tech in two thousand seven and Sandy Hook in two thousand twelve. It is the deadliest, however, in in all of Texas history. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. So, also, there was that uh, Vegas shooter that killed like fifty people. True. That also. That that also. Uh, I I wonder where that ranks. And uh, we shouldn't be ranking these. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I feel like that kind of betrays the systemic problem where it's like, listen, guys, we got a ranking system here. Uh, we've got the worst. Okay, I feel grosser even saying, oh yeah, no, this is like. I feel gross to say, oh, yeah, no, this is just, like, the third worst. We got, like, there was, like, that other one. Oh, yeah, there was that guy who, who killed uh, 50 people in in, uh, in Las Vegas during that country uh, country music uh, uh, festival. Uh, where does that rank there? Like, it feels so gross. It's, yeah. like, in 20 years, people are going to be, like, watch Mojo's 20, top 20 American shootings. I think those already oh, exist. Not for oh, Watch okay. Mojo, but the, the, uh, there are listicles of the worst mass shootings because yes, we live in, uh, as we know, uh, we are living in a waking nightmare. He likes a good ranking system, you know. <laughs> uh, so, 
I'm going to go off of the events as we currently know them. Now, keep in mind, this timeline events of events is coming from the Ovalde Police Department, who, as we're going to get into, completely and utterly failed. Um, deliberately so in protecting these children. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, mm-hmm. They are cowards who decided to go in there to get their own kids without because they were afraid of this guy when they have no issue either beating the hell out of a black person or a Spanish person or like, ah, God, this frustrates me so much. They, they locked, they locked the shooter in to a classroom classroom. with children and the kids, the kids were dialing nine one one. Yep. Asking, begging them to send the police in there. And the police were just sitting there in the hallway. Border like, Patrol, uh, apparently, according Border to Patrol. A one... Oh, go first, Jackal. Then Border C- Patrol is like... Th- okay, I'm sorry, Jackal. But Border Patrol, of course, was the one... The ones who got frustrated with the police, kicked down the door, and shot Ramos. And, I was and going that, to say that... That they wanted to do that, the police had stopped them beforehand. It took another yeah. patrol, border patrol unit, to come in and do it. Well, isn't that like insane? Because border patrol is like supposed to be like the worst of the worst. Like even like the fucking goose steppers at ICE hate them. ICE. Hate yeah. Them. Uh, well, the to be honest, they're really the mall cops of law enforcement. For, yeah. for those that are unaware, Border Patrol within federal law enforcement is regarded as the worst. Internally, like within the old like federal law enforcement structure, they are regarded as the worst. Um, worst corruption, worst bu- uh, bureaucracy, worst, worst everything. They are the bottom of the barrel. And yet, and yet, and somehow yet. they still, their first instinct was, yeah, we should like stop this guy. Right. God. So the timeline of events, as as we know them, uh, I, I'm going to be going through this. Uh, there, this will change. This will th- this will change. It'll get updated. Anything coming from the Uvalde police, uh, take it for a grain of salt. Because, for, uh, fun fact, they reported that just to re- let you know, none of our officers discharge any weapons outside. Like uh, outside the shoot, they, they didn't. There was no like friendly fire. Which the fact that they said that so early made me think, hmm. There's a reason why you're saying that. Huh. No. Why would you say that? Why would you say there's that? A, there's a lot of questions about my I didn't shoot any uh, any uh, school children in this elementary school shirt that is answered by the shirt. Yes. Hey, guys, uh, listen. So, uh, not that anybody's going to ask. Uh, uh, I'm a senior bastard lay cop, and uh, I, just, I just want you all to know that uh, no children, except for the ones who died horribly, were harmed uh, by anybody, except for, obviously, the shooter. Not us. We didn't do anything. So, the timeline of events as they are. So, this is coming from the Texas Tribune uh, by uh, Reese Oxner. So, uh, credit goes to to her and the Texas Tribune for putting this together. (sighs) Yeah, let's get into it. It will be continue to be updated, so keep in mind by the time that you listen to this uh, podcast, I guess we'll, if there's anything new that comes up, we'll like do like an edit and put a new information like at the tail end of the episode to further update you. So <sighs> September 2021, the shooter asks his, uh, his sister for help to buy a gun. Before turning 18, the shooter asks his sister to help him buy a gun. She refuses. Uh, keep in mind, uh, Abbott, Greg Abbott had changed the... Uh, the age to buy a gun in Texas from 21 to 18. Isn't that crazy, it. though? Like, you can't buy a beer in Texas at 18, but no, you can you buy can't, a gun. No, you can buy a gun. 
That's... Which is, from, from what I know, a big part of shooting culture is getting drunk and shooting. <laughs> you know, just hanging out with the boys, popping a few caps. March 1st to 3rd, 2022. Gunman sends message on Instagram about guns. On March 1st, the shooter discusses wanting to purchase a gun in a group chat on Instagram. In another Instagram chat on March 3rd, someone tells the shooter, word on the street, you're, bu- uh, word on the street, you're buying a gun. The shooter replies, Joss bought something right now. March 14th, 2022. The government makes Instagram posts. The government makes an Instagram post with the caption, 10 more days. A user comments, are you going to shoot up the school or something? The shooter replies, no, and stop asking dumb questions or you'll see. Investigators uh-huh. did, didn't specify what the post consisted of. Get to editorialize here a bit to let uh, to let everybody know that the shooter, uh, as is typical with uh, the vast majority of mass shooters, had a history of violence towards women and uh, torturing animals, being a bully. The, the first reports came out that he was bullied, but we've since had some classmates of his uh, come forward and say, no, he was not, like, he tried to bully people, and he was also, like, he also, like, tortured animals on the side. His, so his self, his, his isolation was self-imposed. Yeah, which is, again, not unknown in a lot of mass shooters that this oh, is yeah. something that like this reminds me a lot of like the Elliot Elliot Rogers um like the, this yeah. self imposed like isolate obviously like well actually like the um we'll we'll get we'll see if they they mention this in the in in the timeline if they don't I'll I'll mention it but we'll keep going okay keep going May sixteenth to uh to the twentieth twenty twenty two. The shooter purchases guns ammunition. The shooter turns 18, the legal age for purchasing a rifle in Texas on May 16th. The shooter then oh, no. legally purchases two AR platform rifles from a local federal firearm license uh, licensee on two days, May 17th and May 20th. He also buys 375 rounds of uh, 5.56 caliber ammunition. May 24th, 2022, the day of the shooting. The shooter... so. This is where we get to get around to breaking down the uh, the the timeline of the day. So around 11 a.m., the shooter sends private Facebook messages to a girl in Germany he met online and tells her about his plans to shoot his grandmother. The gunman shoots his grandma in the face, who then calls the police. The shooter steals his grandma's vehicle and drives from his home to Rob Elementary School, which is about a two-mile drive away. 11.28 a.m., the shooter arrives at the school. The shooter uh, crashes a vehicle in a ditch near the school. He fires his gun at two male witnesses who begin approaching the car from a nearby funeral home. The witnesses flee and call 911. 11.30 a.m. A teacher calls 911. A teacher at the elementary school makes a 911 call reporting the crash and seeing the shooter, noting he has a gun. The shooter walks toward the school, climbs the fence into the parking lot, and shoots several... uh, Apologies. And shoots at the school several times. 11.31 a.m. The shooter walks through the parking lot, uh, reaches the last row of vehicles in the school parking lot, firing his rifle throughout the police. Uh, throughout the police arrive at the funeral home. A school district police uh, officer speeds in the direction of the person they think the man uh, uh, that they think the man with the gun reported by the uh, by the teacher, but drives past the gunman and heads to the back of the school, mis- mistaking a teacher for the shooter. Oh come Jesus. on! Which I don't know how you do that. Oh my god. Look, it's a teacher with no firearms. He must no. be the shooter. Like, unless th- this teacher was open carrying, how do you how do you make that mistake? It's like a he's like a video game character. He's got all his guns in his inventory, and he's just like, like waiting to rip them out. How do you how? 
11.35 a.m., Uvalde police, quote-unquote, enter the school. Three Uvalde police officers rush into the, uh, to the same door that the gunman used to enter, which was closed. They enter and receive gracing words from the gunman. They retreat. Later, four more officers, including a deputy with the Uvalde County Sheriff's uh, Office, enter the school. Uh, 11.37 a.m., the gunman fires 16 more rounds. Rob, uh, uh, 11.43 a.m., Rob Elementary and Uvalde police post on Facebook. So of all, Rob Elementary announces on Facebook it is under a lockdown status due to gunshots in the area. The students and staff are safe in the building. The building is secure uh, in a lockdown status. School officials say in the announcement. So they lied. Of course they, they lied. They, of course, yeah, that's not a surprise. It's just I want to note that, like, initially they, and that's probably, like, this obviously got, like, parents concerned, but... I'm willing to bet that there were a few that, that they were like, well, okay, if it's just like in the area and that like, it's just a precaution. Yeah. That's a little like, uh, that's a little, I don't know how to describe it other than like, it'd be calling someone being like, listen, your child might die today, but like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna like say that because that'd be a little bit, you know, you yeah, might like, panic I, a little I, bit. I get so. that the point that they're, that they're trying to make is like, all right, we don't want people to panic and then rush the school. Yeah, but also, um... Perhaps. I think and you should is, probably this... let parents know. Hey, there's a there's someone inside the school who might shoot your kid. I mean, I feel like just being like, oh, you know, that, gunshots in the area. That's bad enough. But you know, that's kind of spooky. I'm sure they've got it under control though. And then like hours later, they're like, "Sorry, champ, your child was shot to death." And then it's like, oh, Wait, yeah, Jesus. yeah. Um, uh, it's at the just... same time. Uh, sorry, you want to go ahead? No, 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 no. We'll just finish the timeline, and then we gotta have a big discussion about this. Let's go. Yeah, well, uh... At the same time, of all the police posts on Facebook, large police presence at Rob Elementary, we ask the public to avoid the area. 11.44 a.m. Police officers are inside. Police with the city of Uvalde and the local school district are inside the school. They hear gunfire, uh, are shot at, move back, and get cover. Initial officers, uh... This is all right. The, again, keep any a lot of stuff coming from the Evalde Police Department with a grain of salt. Initial officers are are there and receive gunfire. Therefore, do not make entry. Officers call everyone in the area for additional resources, technical teams, equipment, specialty equipment, body armor, precision riflemen, and negotiators. They they're evacuating students and teachers during this time. Victor es, uh, Escalin, a BPS official, said during a press conference May twenty sixth, eleven fifty one a.m. More police arrive. 11.54 a.m. 21 minutes after the shooter enters the school, an onlooker, Angel uh, Ledzima, streams a live video showing parents begging the police to enter the school. This is heartbreaking footage to watch. Um, I, I watched it. It's not fun to watch. I don't want to advise. I would say watch it so that you can understand the level of, of just, just like malicious cowardice that was on display. Right. It's pure evil. It, it is. I, I can't... Uh, Alright, let's just keep going. 12.03pm. Police continue to arrive and a student calls 911 from inside. That's what Finch just mentioned. Um, uh, he was in room one, uh, uh, 112 for a minute and 23 seconds and, dies, and, and identifies herself in a whisper. Meanwhile, as many as 19 officers are positioned in the school's hallway. 1210 the student calls back and says that multiple people are dead. 12.13 p.m., the student calls 911 again. Right. 12.15 p.m., I just, the amount of time that, oh my god, they, uh, I'm so, okay. 
Border Patrol tactical team units arrive. Border uh, Border Patrol tactical unit members carry shield uh, carrying shields arrive. I want to note here to editorialize a little bit that uh, the police initially reported that the shooter had like advanced like uh, that the shooter had like very significant body armor and they were unable to do much. That was a lie. He did not. Um, and the Border Patrol tactical units with a shield with shields could have done something, but still they were prevented. Twelve sixteen p.m. The student calls 911 again. Oh, it gets worse. 12, 17 p.m. School announces active shooter on campus. So they initially report on 11.53 a.m. They, they made that Facebook post that there, were shoot, that there was a shooting in the area. And then at 11, um, and then at 12, 12, 17 p.m. is when they finally say that there's an active shooter on campus. Okay. <sighs> Onlookers and parents beg for action. At some point during the standoff, onlookers beg police to charge the school, according to the Associated Press. Parents try to break windows and are not allowed to immediately be reunited with their children. Right. Um, 12, 19 p.m. Another student calls 911. This is a student in room 111, the room near 112, calls 911 and hangs up when another student tells her to. 1121, the gunman fires again. Authorities say that he was believed to be in a cl- at the classroom's door. On a 911 call from a student, three gunshots can be heard. 1236 p.m., student in room 11, uh, sorry about any of like the, the, uh, the misspeaking here, just trying to get through this. Student in room 111 calls back. The student calls back for 21 seconds and is told to stay on the line quietly. 1243 p.m., the gunman shoots the door. 12.46 p.m. I can hear the police next door, the student who, call, who called 911. 12.47 p.m. Please send the police now. 12.50, Border Patrol kills gunman. Shots are heard on the student's call. A Border Patrol tactical unit officer breaches the door using a janitor's key and kills the gunman. 12.51 p.m. Children are moved out of the room. From the student's 911 call, it sounds like officers are moving children out of the room. At that time, the student makes it outside and call, and call cuts out. 45 Forty-five in, minutes for 45. these fucking cops to reckon to, to rescue these kids. Listen, and they could have ordered then, a pizza to the room, and it would have gotten there sooner. Fast! Oh my god! No, Jackal, finish your what it were. What no, were you I was agreeing with if if they like Phil's right. If they ordered pizza, it would have uh, arrived faster. The, like okay, you're, like like Lyft, like Uber Eats, and like all of like those uh, those food apps. They will. They deliver food faster than the than the than the cops. Are, like they were there. Uh, we'll get to last thing of the timeline before we we edit to it. Like before we start, you know, sort of talking about everything surrounding this, which we can't get into all of it. We'll have to save for some of it for next week, so that I'm not going to leave Josiah completely out of this. I'm going to make him as depressed as possible next week. Uh, because can he we, left us to do this. He's not getting away with can this. We, he can he we has to talk, get depressed too. Can yep. we just talk about the fact that this nation? And, like, we can, like, talk about gun control next week, but this nation worship gun, worships guns as an idol. We worship yeah, violence. It, it does. It we does. worship and facilitate violence. You've, you've said it yourself on a previous space. There are more guns in this country than people. Yep. Uh, to finish up the timeline, 1.06 p.m., the police announced shooters in custody. Mm-hmm. As in he's dead. Uh, um, uh, authorities recanted that information later. So Fitch, they initially reported that he that they arrested him, not that he's dead. Jesus Christ! Just great, great work by the by our boys and girls in blue. Don't worry, anyway, fellas, we handcuffed the corpse. Uh, but yeah, anyway, 
that's that is the timeline of events of the Evalde shooting as they are known now. It will change. We'll probably get more details as they come in. We'll uh, if if they come in before this episode is edited or afterward, we'll try to add an addendum to to like we'll, we'll add an addendum to like update things as they. But as of the rec- time of recording, which is uh, my my phone died, so I I, I guess that that. Uh, that's on me but at the time of recording of like whatever today's date is uh that is may may 28th 2022 that's what we know uh yeah i guess let's let's discuss all right um so uh, as i said america worships guns it worships violence it manufactures violence uh i'm sort of an outlier of leftists because i actually do believe there should be some amount of background checks or gun legislation but that is because of my personal experience being so close to Sandy Hook and seeing uh, a bunch of small children die in very horrible ways. At the same time, I know that if politicians don't care about, like, first graders getting killed, they're not going to care about this and they're not going to do anything. As we were talking, I have, a, I have a New York Times article that just popped out where they're actually, like, talking to the officers... Uh, the title of the article is uh, Children Called for Help from Inside Classrooms in uh, Uvalde. The police waited, and then, like, some some little tidbits. Uh, I'm trying to justify my New York Times subscription, everybody, so bear with me. Uh, so, essentially, the police officers held off as they listened to sporadic gunfire from behind the door, ordered by the commander at the scene not to rush the pair of connected classrooms where the gunman had locked himself inside and begun shooting shortly after 11.30 a.m. It was the wrong decision, period, the director of the state police, Stephen, uh, Stephen C. McGraw, said on Friday after reading from the transcripts of children's calls to 911 and from a timeline of the police in action during nearly 90 minutes of horror at the elementary school, this guy, director of the state police, Stephen C. McGraw, is reading the transcripts of children pleading with the police, listen, and all he can say is it was the wrong decision. Right, listen, if you were in this situation... You gotta figure out a way to save yourself, because the police are not going to save you. Constitutionally, they actually are not required to protect and serve. They are only required to evict you. They are not- they- they do not have any legal obligation to save you. They will not save you. You have to save yourself. Oh my god. But yeah, like, they don't- No, go ahead, Jekyll. No, uh, Phil, go ahead. You, you go first. No, I was about to say, I'm reading this article. It's actually a very good resource that the New York Times posted, because literally it's all personal accounts. I feel like a lot of the reporting on it has been a little bit, like, detached. This is an incredibly personal article. Um, it's basically, they- like, one right here, it says that a lunch lady, um, who worked there, her name is Jasmine yeah, Carrillo. Yeah, but- but-, but I She think... was working in the cafeteria, and, like- the lights dimmed, school-wide lockdown, at the same time, just about, uh, Shooter enters the- Alright, but I think we really need to talk about the culture of death I do, I in think the United we need States. to talk about the culture. But I will say, uh, for this article, oh man, this article ends in a really sad way, I, I kind of wanted to point this out. The academic year in Olvade is over now, but Mario's mother, who was one of the victims, Miss Carrillo said her son, afraid of another attack, attack does not want to go back to school. She has held to be honest with him and the friends he made at Rob Elementary. His friend Jose Flores, the schoolma- schoolmates he expected to see again in the fall, were all gone. They're with God now, she told him. America worships guns. Um, 
I mean, like, I think we need to have, like, you know, next episode, we need to have a very in-depth discussion over gun culture in the United States. I mean, I I don't know what to say other than this country was born out of, like, violence. So it's not, it isn't, it's, it is not a surprise that a country that was born out of violence has developed this, this, like, love, this, this uh, religious fanaticism toward uh, firearms that it does, where the, the thought of not having them, and we'll get to the gun control thing, like, next week. I think that there is, there is some, like, Various of opinion. It, I I don't think that it's it's out there to say like yeah no we should probably like prevent like we should maybe like put some some like checks in place to make sure that people who you know uh, who probably should not have guns should not be near guns because it's probably not a good mm. idea and yeah, um, you know, still have it be like you know a, like be like you can still have like legal firearms but also have it that yeah we probably should let these these people and probably should let eighteen year olds buy guns. Yeah, um, yeah, and all t- to all the jerk-offs, uh, who, uh, libertarian jerk-offs, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the posing leftists on Twitter who pose with their fucking AR-15s and shit like that, uh, hey, if you guys really wanna take over the government, how about you do it, like, right now? It's LARPing. It's all, that's all that's ever hey, been. Hey, 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 Jackal, how's it, here's a better suggestion for those people. How about they actually do what, um, is, uh, more statistically liking and just... How about that, Josiah? That's gonna be up to you if you take that one. Out <laughs> yeah, you might wanna. You might wanna. Push, you might push wanna back a little that. on that. We we <laughs> might need to. We might need to. Um, in case Josiah has a, you might wanna bleep that out. Let's bleep that out. So uh, <laughs> Finch decided to choose violence today, which I don't blame her. I, I don't. I don't. But I'm well, tempted to. Well, because a lot of people treat the shit like a joke. And you know, when you are close to a school shooting, when you see this happen, when you see communities literally get ripped apart by these acts of violence, it sort of is recontextualized to you. It's very, very easy to put on the persona of the tough guy with the gun, I'm gonna take over the fucking government, they're coming for me any day now, blah blah blah. It it is Um, so much different when you've actually experienced gun violence. When gun violence has directly affected your community, I'm I'm sure that they're built different though. These these guys specifically are definitely yeah. built different. Other than yeah. those other guys that were built different, but those other guys, oh, they were yeah. definitely built different. Hey, thanks, uh, for, yeah. thanks for broad. Thanks for hang on. Thanks for broadcast. Hey hey guys, thanks for broadcasting to the world that you're building a militia. I'm sure the feds are not tracking your every this move. This is you're very. Why are you being very like? openly just like that's it's larping that's all it is it's larping and make like uh there there we need to we'll have to like get uh some we'll have to do an episode at some point in the future to specifically talk about like gun culture both like right-wing gun culture Mm -hmm. uh, um and you know left-wing gun gun culture because like there there's a way of having like a, a healthy kind of like a healthy sort of like gun culture where like yeah no it's just dudes like uh it's just dudes and and uh, it's guys gals and non-binary pals just like mm-hmm. shooting at a at a rage and or hunting or you know what have right. you like it there's right. a normal kind of gun culture and then there's there's the one that you're describing which is a bunch of like idiots in camo right uh, posing with like guns and like either you're either gonna get the Turner Diaries if you're on the right, or you're gonna get like the like uh the Green Book by uh by um uh my, I hate my brain for, for forgetting the former uh, dictator of Libya. 
Oh my god. Yeah. So th that's what you said earlier about these people building a militia. I was just going to say that like it's statistically likely that 95% of their organization is already comprised of federal agents or people who are convinced to work with federal agents. That's yeah. usually how it goes. Uh, we'll, we'll, again, we will talk. We will talk more about like gun control later on because I think that there's. We also do need to keep in mind that if you if you do a total like if you try to remove the Second Amendment, you might be dealing with a thousand rupee ridges across the country. There are insane people who will like. There are people who will like just go insane about this. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll get right. to that when we talk. I, I want to briefly. Well, uh, we're, we're going to end the episode soon, but I want to briefly make a few a few notes before we do it. Uh, one is that uh, there was some extremely disgusting stuff that came out about trans people about this, um, where they, they was falsely reported through 4chan that the shooter was uh, was a trans woman. Mm -hmm. um, our, old, and, uh, our old friend Candace Owens espousing that on her oh, public Twitter account. I We're going to have to save this for the next. I got so much to say about... Oh, okay. Yeah. Move on, move on. Uh, so there was that. That was disgusting. I, uh, this country, um, the, the right in this country are chopping at the bit to exterminate trans people. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's worrying. And the fact that it just, you had like elected officials and, cult, and like uh, uh, culture war talking heads immediately, immediately latch onto this without looking into it at all. Because if you like barely looked into it, you would see, oh, this is completely false. Like they just took a picture from like this trans woman on, on Reddit and falsely attributed it to, to this specifically to cause this. Right. So I, I feel that we couldn't really talk about uh, the shooting without mentioning that paired with that was some really disgusting rhetoric around trans people that just uh, like any excuse to to try to i t like any excuse to try to uh to like it's gross it's it's uh it's gross and there there probably should be some kind of discussion of like we need to have like a discussion like why do you, you guys are talking about this to this point what do you think is going to come out of this rhetoric there's only one thing that'll come out of it, and you know what it is, but you don't want to mention it because the moment that you do, you will be like, it, you're going to be labeled as an insane person that wants to murder people. But that's where it's going to lead. Uh, yeah. Second thing uh, to mention, we probably we did this with Buffalo, uh, so we'll also do it here. Uh, I'm going to uh, read the names of the uh, of the victims of the shooting. Okay, I think that's good. Uh, I think that it's, uh, I, I hate that we're going to have to, to say this, but we might have to have this as a, uh, as a, as a good old Mammonberg policy. Whenever there's a mass shooting, we read out the list of the, of the victims no. of the mass shooting. Yes. Right. Uh, we're going to have to put it in every time. Every Can't time. Wait to see you guys next All right. Week. Go, go ahead, Jackal. Cause, uh, here we go. Okay. So this is the list of the, uh, of the victims of, of the shooting. Um, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, uh, beforehand, cause this is going to make everybody sad, but I think it's important for us to, you know, these were kids, these were, you know, children, babies that just had their lives, you know, they, they just were, they, they even just like, they were barely even starting and teachers who we'll, we'll get to it. Um, first is Alexandria Anya Rubio, 10 years old, Aletha Ramirez, 10 years old, Amir Jogas, uh, Garza, 10 years old, Annabelle, uh, Guadalupe Rodriguez, 10 years old. Eliana Cruz Torres, 
10 years old. Eliana Eli Garcia, nine. Eva Morel, uh, I think it's Moreles. Uh, my, um, my, my grandmother is going to slap me for mispronouncing Spanish. Uh, 44. <laughs> uh, she was one of the two adult victims. Uh, she was a fourth grade teacher. Uh, Irma Garcia, who was the second adult victim. Uh, a bit of an update from, from that is that her husband, uh, when he went to go leave flowers at her memorial, when he came back home, he had a heart attack. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's so sad. So. so <laughs> then, Is he okay? Uh, like, did he die? No, he, he died. He he died. It was a fatal heart attack. Uh, he could not handle the grief um, of, of what happened. And. Yo, he, that is. That's something there's, else. There's a GoFundMe to, to support uh, their family at this time. If you are able to, please, um, if, if you are able to, please support them. <sighs> Jackie uh, Cazares, 10. Jalia Nicole uh, uh, Silguero? I've never seen that before. That's a, that's a good name. I think it's Silguero. Silguero. Yeah, I think. Jace Livanos, 10. Jose Flores, 10. Leila Sa uh, Salazar, 10. Makina Lee Elrod, 10. Maddie Rodriguez. Her age has not been confirmed yet. Um, Miranda Mathias, uh, not Mathias, uh, Miranda Mathis, 11. Nevia Bravo. Rogelio Torres, 10. Tess Maria Mata. Her age has not been, uh, her age has not been confirmed yet. Uzziah Garcias, uh, Garcia, 10. Xavier Lopez, 10. And that's the victims. Oh, those poor kids. Those poor, poor kids. It is... I cannot overestimate how much the police are culpable in this. Right. Yes. I don't know how many of these kids could have survived if the police That's would have been would have worked quicker. Right. I just... Ugh, I'm... I cannot elucidate to you how much these ghouls... They have blood on their hands. ...are not there to... Absolutely. And they're not there to help you. So get that out of your mind. In, in a situation like, like like this ever happens, the police are not going to help you because they're they, not legally, they're not, they don't legally have to. They don't legally have to. They will not save you. You have to save they won't. yourself. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but they, they won't. And if there, there's no greater argument for police abolition than when their supposed job, they can't even do that because they scaled. They're too scared of, of the of oh the big bad dude the big bad man with the big gun oh no I have I have my 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 uh, my AR fifteen but no I'm so worried I got my bullet through this but oh I don't like a shot oh yeah I went to the, the that um that police like uh that sheep training everybody else is a sheep and I'm a sheep dog I'm gonna protect and then the moment that something oh, no, happens he's, you, he's got a gun you <laughs> cower. Fun fact, also, the Uvalde Police Department takes 40% of their municipal funding. Oh my god! If it's not 100% jackal, they might as well- They had, like, locks on their guns. Until but, someone yeah, deposited, totally. so, like, the, the total funds of the city on, onto Everything. their paycheck, and then they still Every, wouldn't have done anything. They still wouldn't have. So, uh, to repeat, a meme has now been posted, so it took them 40, 45 minutes to get in to do something. They take forty percent of of the funding of the of uh, of the municipal region, and I'm going to guarantee forty percent of them absolutely abuse their spouses, if not forty uh, percent reportedly. That's just the ones that self-report. I'm going to guarantee it's higher. Anyway, I'm before we get further into that. Uh, I guess a palate cleanser as we end this episode, so it's not on too much of a downer note. Oh God. 
Finch, I did a poll. Oh, you did a poll, did you? I did a poll. So you've talked about your your uh, your fascination uh, with a certain kind of furried bipedal animal, right? What the, the werewolves are a monster for one thing. They're not an animal. <laughs> half man, half animal, manimal, if you will. No, they're monsters. What did you do? What is the, what's the other half? What's the other half of that word? There, it is a were, It's a man, and it turns into a wolf-like creature. It is a monster. What do you mean a wolf-like creature? What, what was you- your pull? What was your pull? So I initially did this as I, I po- now I want everyone to know I was just asking questions, but then the woke oh, yeah. left got me. <laughs> the, the 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 woke left decided to to uh, to silence me on Twitter. Well, listen, so, Jacqueline, you can't expect people to not cancel you. I mean, listen, especially when you're asking questions that hit Phil. that close to home. Phil. I can't, especially to a certain question. person on this podcast, uh, it hit close to home. So uh, I asked, my first initial question was, are, are werewolves furries? I'm just asking, there was just a question. Oh, just oh, a yeah. question. Just a and question. Then, and then, you know, I first, because I know who my co-host is, I asked, uh, more importantly, is Finch a furry? Oh, why would you? It okay. was just it was just a question. Okay. And so I decided, you know, I was also talking to Fish during this time, and, he, and she was, you know, she was, uh, you know, uh, trying to silence me because she I didn't was, like what I had to say. I so was, I decided I was, that the I was engaging uh, you in the marketplace of ideas. You were trying thing. to silence you know, me. Fish, you were birds doing. of a feather thirst together. Shut up, Phil. Uh, <laughs> 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 so I decided, you know what? I'm going to put this up to the P as a, as a democratic federalist, I believe, uh, in direct democracy. So I put this up to the people, right? Uh, to to decide to to decide Finch's fate. Like, what what do they think is 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 the case? So okay. I asked them the question: Is Finch a furry? Yes or no? Very simple. Mm-hmm. And Everyone. I'm happy to report that I have the results of that of said poll. Okay. It's a big one. Are, yes. are you ready? Yeah. I'm I know ready. you know already, but are you are you ready to, to hear the numbers? Yeah, I guess loud? so. Yeah. So out of forty one people that voted. Okay. Sixty six percent yes, thirty-four percent no. Oh y'all are sick. Y'all are so sick. I every single okay. Okay. It's now just because I want Because I like you can monsters. Try to run from them. Monsters and y'all are just calling me a degenerate. Just kidding. Furries are you calling are furries degenerates? No, I'm not calling Josiah. Well, you cut call, that no, out. you just. Oh, what do you say? I'm what just are kidding. You talking about? No, I'm just kidding. Furries oh, are no. great, but I'm not. Oh, you're just, oh, it was just. Are you saying that it was just a joke? It was. Yeah, that it was, was just. Are, a, if you will, it was a prank. It was just a prank, bro. It was just a prank. I I I love furries. Okay, some of my, my some of my closest friends are furries, but I she myself am not. I am not. I am not. You too. Shut up. I am myself not a furry. I am sympathetic to furries, but I myself am a more of a a monster aficionado. 
Um, I just want to say that I am a friend to furries. I am not a furry, <laughs> but I am a I am a friend to furries. Exactly. I will admit they have some good artwork about werewolves that I can really get behind. But I myself am personally I am not myself a furry. not a furry. I will admit that there's uh, occasionally some of the some of that art. Well, you know, it's a guy feeling a little hooga no, but, but I will I was... say that I am not. I am. I am not. I am. I'm not against them. I'm the least yeah. uh, anti-furry person that, uh, that I know. You know I, I, I'm standing out here accused <laughs> by Crooked Jackal of being a furry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't... That, God. I shouldn't know. This is bad. This is so bad. Everybody knows that uh, crooked, crooked Jackalry in his... Uh, <laughs> In his pursuit, no, in his pursuit of play, uh, putting me as a furry has a has a doctored uh doctored uh evidence and uh blown up deviant art headquarters has according to judge uh, i do not in fact have perfidy account perfidy account that's not true my profile picture is not a persona actually god they say you are what you eat, but I'm saying I, I couldn't be because uh, furries are animals and I don't eat people, but I also it, don't. I eat animals, though. But, but, I, not, I, people, but not people animals. But not people animals. Oh, this is Finch. this derailed. So, Finch, according to, de to democracy, you are furry. This is a rigged election, okay? <laughs> It is not. No, it's not rigged. I Look, I did nothing. I didn't talk. To, I just presented the poll just out there. I did I did not like muddy the bases at all. This is completely an honest opinion. Uh, By many I, I hear many people are saying this. Many I, people Yeah, I I would agree. Phil, no, do you like, think that Fitch is a furry? Oh, absolutely. My, uh, uh, like my I said, I am, just, uh, yes, I am just I am just simply a humble man. A humble man who uh is at the will of the people. And uh, who am I to say that my co-host uh, does not fantasize about being a half-bird creature that uh, also likes I illicit don't. werewolf act activities? I don't. Illicit werewolf activities. I, I don't want... Listen, I'm just saying. Half right. man, half right. dog. We also discovered. I also informed the people. Half I informed... man, half dog, full hog, Finch. That's all I'm saying. I am saying. not a furry, for one thing. Okay, I am not. Okay, the lady let's let's finish. Too much of me let's let let's <laughs> let's finish this episode. <laughs> I before I despair any further. This is how you must feel, Jackal, when you have to deal with our no white nonsense. Oh, uh, uh, very often. It's, uh, every day, in fact. <laughs> but you know, I'm happy. I'm happy that I've imported it a little bit to you. Um, <laughs> I, I hope you like being a feathery finch, I, and I hope that you you embrace this identity. I hope that you oh. embrace this identity and realize this is a safe space for you. Oh, like a phoenix, oh. you will rise from the ashes and own your shit. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I cannot stand either of you. Okay. You need to. You need to. You need to add more uh, girl bossing to your gas uh, to your gaslighting. All right, can we sign out, please? <laughs> so, everybody, that's been an episode. Uh, I've been Jackal. You can follow me at JackalJester on Twitter.com, uh, where uh, I'm not really posting about anything in particular at the moment, uh, mostly just being very angry about current events and also occasionally retweeting, um, retweeting from uh, muscular women uh, every day on Twitter and <laughs> tomboys uh, every day on Twitter. The, those mm. are the, the main ones that I... Uh, 
um, that I all retweet. So be prepared for that when you follow me. Nice. Uh, also, while the, the, you know, actually while doing this, uh, I was uh, I, someone falsely attributed that that was my uh, that I was retweeting my alt. That muscular women of the day is my alt, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, he wishes. Um, uh, if that was my, if that was, if I had that account, that wouldn't be my alt. This would be my alt. That would be my main. Excuse me. Uh, Jackal is just a purveyor of fine goods. If you know exactly, what I have, I am known as a as a as a man with who has fine tastes in all things. Uh, all right. Phil, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me. Uh, with a private investigator, go fuck yourself. But also, you can find me at Cryptid Director on Twitter.com, where I will be uh, posting Saul Goodman memes because I am rewatching uh, Saul Goodman to prepare for the final season. So, uh, Saul Goodman, Saul the time. Saul Goodman. Uh, yeah, uh, Finch. Where where can people find you? It's it's not my job to educate them. Uh. They can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Pitchor, um, in which I have been also posting Breaking Bad memes. You you have Breaking because Bad. you've started watching. You've started watching Breaking Bad after all this time. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but you know, better late than never, right? Uh, definitely not any furry content, by the way. Yeah, you might try because to find I, a way to weasel that in. I know, because I'm not one. All right. <laughs> Uh, oh, a weasel, huh? No, 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 do not go there. <laughs> There's, uh, I, I might have to send over some fan art that people have done of, uh, of Saul Goodman as a wolf to you, as, like, no. a, as a werewolf. God. I think you might be interested in that, Fudge. Why do you guys do this to me? <laughs> because we love you, and we want you to, to, to love yourself, too. <laughs> anyway, that's been Mammonberg, everybody. <laughs> That's been Mammonberg. That's been Mammonberg. Uh, See you later. Be kind, um, and, uh, um, uh, 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 I'm sorry. Be kind and rewind. There we go. Exactly, yeah. Be kind and rewind.